This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer. Is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All righty, let's roll, baby. It's New York, New York, Friday edition with yours truly, JJ Johnson Stremsky, right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And Oh, my goodness, what a difference a week makes. Because a week ago, this guy was on top of the world. His Rangers were up 2 to nothing on the Tampa Bay Lightning. But we both warned you. We cautioned you. The series was far from over. Now, the Rangers, after a crushing Game 5 loss, facing elimination. Tim from Massapequa, how are we holding up? Are we doing okay? Uh, it's now about an hour plus since this Game 1 final. How are we holding up, my man? No, we're not okay. No, no, we're, we we are the exact opposite of where we were at when you had me on last Friday. What is it that DJ Khaled says all the time? Another one? Yeah, another one for this franchise and this organization because this was a complete disaster. Add this to the list of Ranger debacles in playoff lore. Just add it to the list, man. Well, it's funny that you mention that because when I think about like Ranger meltdowns or major like, epic losses that sting with you, that haunt you. I think about that game in Buffalo because I was in college for that. 
That was in 2007. Vividly remember it. Chris Any Jerry. of the games against the Kings, you remember those. Um, obviously, the Tampa Game 7 no-show uh, when they were one win away from a cup. I'm asking you point blank, the worst. I don't think this one is the worst, but what was the worst one that you remember? Like that you could not sleep, that was eating at you, that just like ruined you to no end from a Ranger perspective. Yeah, there's there's two that come to mind when you when you when you ask what are the worst ones of all time. One, 2012 in New Jersey. Game at, six. Adam Henry. the conference final. Good call. That was brutal. That was god awful. They were down two nothing in that game. They came back. They tied the game two two. They go to overtime. Henrik scores maybe less than two minutes into overtime. That is up there. And game one against the Kings in 2014, they had a two nothing lead in that game. They blew it, and they lost that game three to two. That those two stick out for me big time. Okay, so now we're in this one of the list. You know this team inside and out. What has happened? to the firepower that we saw in the first two games of this series, the firepower that we saw in game six and game seven against the Carolina Hurricanes. Timmy, they can't score on the five-on-five anymore, bro. They can't score. No, they they, they scored tonight five-on-five. But going back to uh, games three and games four, they haven't scored five-on-five since Mika scored in game two in the third period, early in the third period. But for me, what's changed is Tampa has just flat out gotten better as the series has gone on. And that, again, that's why they, that's why they're the champs. That's why they're the back-to-back, you know, the back-to-back champs looking to win the Eastern conference for a third time. They've gotten better in each game and each game, they just find ways to win. They don't, they they could they could put up a ton of goals on you and beat you the way they did in game four, or they could beat you the way they did in games three and games five, where they find a way to score late. The goal tonight, uh, the game winner, just an innocent shot from the point, hit Palat's uh, leg, I believe, and went right in. But that's the that's the sign of a champion, and they are playing like champions from game th- games three, four, and five. Flat out, they're just playing like champions. And didn't you have a feeling? that it was going to be a cheap goal, that it was going to be a wacky goal that was going to decide this thing. Like, I, you know, like Panarin snipe in the Pittsburgh series. Beautiful goal, like was set up perfectly, you name it. This game, the way it was going, the Ranger goal was off a deflection. The Tampa first goal was kind of off a deflection. Both goaltenders were playing extremely well. Like, I would, Timmy, I was expecting how, you know, it was going to be one of those goals. I just didn't think it was going to come in the final two minutes. That's the thing, because I think everybody at the Garden as tense as they were, you kind of felt like overtime was coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely felt like overtime was coming. But yeah, no, you 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 100% felt like it was going to be a goal that was off of a skate or off of a leg. Just by the way the game was being played, because the game was so tight. Um, the Rangers' goal was kind of from a sharp angle, kind of a dirty goal that way. The Rangers give up the first goal. Sergachev scores the first goal. The guy hasn't scored in 23 games. He hasn't scored since April 16th. Now he scores. He he set up the second goal too on an innocent shot from the point. But yeah, the way the game was played, it was so it was so tight. It was so tightly contested that you kind of knew that this game was going to be determined, whether it was in regulation or overtime, by a fluky, uh, greasy goal. Definitely. I don't know if you felt this way. The setup to Strom. And he misses the wide open net. You know, we're watching the SNY newsroom. 
I'm yelling at some guys because at first they're saying beforehand on the setup, shoot the puck, shoot the puck from Cobb. I'm saying, no, that's bullshit. That was a perfect setup. He's got a wide open net there, Timmy. I know he's hurt. I know he's coming back. I don't want to hear it. You got to put that bad boy home, dude. That changes the entire game. Oh, yeah, because now... Now, like, you know, that you're saying, oh, shoot the puck, shoot the puck. If if that puck is tipped in and the Rangers go up 2-1, we're talking about how great of a pass Cop made. We're not talking, we're, we're not saying, oh, he should have shot the puck, he should have shot the puck. That That, that is shades of uh, Capo Caco in, uh, in the Carolina series when he missed the wide open net. It changed, it changed it from, from that missed opportunity. It changed the entire complexion of the game. It, it took... The crowd got more nervous. The Rangers started tensing up. They were playing tight. Tampa kind of loosened up. Yeah, it, it 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 really loosened up the whole. It changed the whole game. It changed the whole complexion of that game. Okay, they're down three to two. I don't think they're winning game six. I think most people you talk to are going to say they're not going to win game six. But my caveat to that would be they were down three one in the Pittsburgh series. They came storming back in that series. They were down three two in the Carolina series. They came storming back. So they have done this before. Now it's just up against a far more prolific and a far more talented opponent. If the Rangers are going to win game six, Tim, give me a guy who must step up outside of Shesterkin. It's a game, and Igor is going to have to play well if they're going to win this game. Who needs to step up for the Rangers? I'm going with, I'm going with the superstar. I'm going with Panarin. Uh, he needs to, he hasn't been bad. He, he's creating chances and, and opportunities, but he's got to put the team on his back. Him and Mika, they both have to step up and they both have to be the big game players that they've been all year. If not, they have no chance. They could potentially get run out of the building, really, because if they fall behind early in that game, 2 nothing, let's say, they're not getting anything past Vasilevsky because he Vasilevsky has become who he is. And he's a robot. Nothing phases this guy. He is a complete beast in net. He... Uh, He's, he's, he's stopping everything that they're throwing at him. He doesn't even look phased or, or, or even remotely frazzled or uncomfortable like he did in games one or two. And the Rangers need those guys to step up and score. But the Rangers need to create traffic in front of him. They, they, they're too much one and done down in their own, end, uh, down in the Tampa end. The Rangers really need, uh, they really need to create some traffic in front of Vasilevsky with some bodies in front. And Panarin, and Zibanejad have to step up, and I'll even throw Kreider in there, too. Yeah, star players. What are we putting the percentages of the Rangers getting this back home for a Game 7? Uh, slim to none. <laughs> uh, I give you 30%. Is that too high? No. No, I think, I think that's fair. I, 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 think that's a fair uh, I think that's a fair number. I, I really do. Tampa because... minus 180 uh, on the betting line, in case you're wondering. Minus oh, 180. I think that's... I think that's more than fair. The Rangers were getting plus money tonight at home. So, yeah, I think that's fair. And now, now an, another big factor is you you got to go into you got to get on a plane. You got to go down there. You got to stay in a, you know, in in a, in a hotel room. Your game day routine has changed. Tampa's going home. They're going home to their houses or wherever it is that they stay. They're 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 they're, they're comfortable in this situation. They got a chance to close it out at home. I really think that they're going to do it. I, re I really think that they're going to beat the Rangers on Saturday. Uh, what are we giving you tonight? An hour and a half, two and a half? How much sleep are you getting tonight? Oh, not much. And when I do fall asleep, I'm going to have I'm going to have nightmares of uh, Ryan Strom's missed opportunity. So that's going to haunt you the most with this game, right? It's got to be, right, yes. dude? It's got to be the Strom. 
Because if they score that goal there, Timmy, they win the game, in my opinion. They win the game. Oh, I, I think they win the game because it changes the way you play the game. As I said earlier, it changes the way you you think. It changes your structure. Now, now you could go back. Now, now you could you could sit back. You could play defense. You could dump pucks in. You could get pucks deep. Now that you score that goal, it changes the way you know. It changes the whole the whole ebb and flow of the game. Tampa scores that goal at, to make it two to one. And now the Rangers have to, you know, put everything at the net. They got to pull Igor right away. It, yeah, it, 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 that, that will, that will haunt me. That, that, that's, that's nightmarish stuff. It is. And you can't love, by the way, who is it? Was Kucherov shooting it off Lafreniere? Or who is he shooting it off? Fox, Fox at the end of the game. That was cheap, Fox. dude. That was, yeah. that was yeah, slimy, dude. That was slimy shit. It's garbage. It's it. That that's garbage. That's garbage. But you know what? Like. You make the comparison in in any sport where you're playing a seven game series and and you're going at it. That's that's what these guys do. It's no different than Draymond Green playing some sort of a head you know a mind game with the with the Celtics in the NBA Finals. What 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 he's doing is he's well, you saying, don't like it beat him. That's what it saying, boils down he's to. Saying, you don't he's, like it beat him. He's saying we got you and and it was evident at the end of that game. Rangers were frustrated. They were pissed off. They were angry. They went at Tampa. They, the fists started flying. And, and that's what Tampa wanted. And they're laughing all the way into that dressing room at the end of that game. And they're, and you know, and they're, and they're stick-tapping Kucherov for that because that's, that's psychological warfare, really. Timmy, hang in there, buddy. I know you're not getting a whole lot of sleep tonight, but no. we had you at the highest of highs. We got to have you at the lowest of lows. That's what we do around here. It's accountability. You got to have me on when I'm down, and you got to have me on. I can't can't just come. You can't just come on when you're uh, when, waving the pom poms. I know it's very unlike oh. you to be coming on waving the pom poms. That's why it was so rare. No, you got to have me on now. That's it. You got to have me on when I'm low, and you got to have me on when I'm high. So you know, I'm 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 holding myself accountable here. Hey, say a prayer, light a candle. We'll see how Saturday night goes. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Tim from Massapequa, not in the best spirits. I can't blame him. His team is on the verge of elimination. All right, Spotify Live. It's coming up next. Ooh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now, your bits. Feet, toes, come on. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... (sighs) Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. Welcome in. It is Spotify Live after Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals and a major gut punch. No other way around it for the New York Rangers. From up 2-0 in this series, up 2-0 in Tampa in Game number 3, everything has dramatically changed. It has drastically changed. And the New York Rangers are now on the verge of elimination against the two-time Stanley Cup champs. Brutal, brutal, brutal loss for the Rangers. And to me, this game boils down to a couple of simple facts. One, the Rangers did not do enough offensively. What happened to the firepower? What happened to the explosive nature that we saw from this Ranger team in the Carolina series? That is gone. The explosive nature that we saw in game one and game two, that is gone. The star players for the New York Rangers. Where is Panarin? Where is Kreider? MIA can't find these guys. And when you have opportunities, you must capitalize 
on those opportunities against elite-level competition. The Rangers, to me, were the better team for a good majority of this game. And I'll take it a step further. I thought they were the better team for a good chunk of the third period. When Ryan Strom gets the perfect setup from Cop, he needs to put that bad boy home. He has a wide open net. That is the difference between winning a game and losing a game. No other way around it. That decided the game to me right then and there from a Rangers perspective. The minute Ryan Strom missed what was a wide open, open net, Wide open, open net. You got to like that, right? Some vocabulary from the Syracuse grad. But guess what? It's a late night. That's a shot. You got to score. I don't want to hear the excuses either from Strom after the game. And you didn't. But, you know, he's hurt or he's been dealing with an injury. Look, you're on the ice. You got to deliver there. And if the Rangers score in that particular moment of the game, the Rangers go and win game five. They didn't. They allowed Tampa to hang around. Tampa gets a cheap goal, but that was the story of game five. It was tightly played. It was very hotly contested. You knew it was going to be a cheapie that was going to decide this thing. You just had to know. I mean, the first two goals of this game, the Rangers goal and Tampa's goal, both were cheap. So sure enough, of course, it ends up being on a deflection. And it sucks. And uh, I'm going to keep it real. I hope I'm wrong on this. I hope we can save the tape. And I'm aware of the fact that the New York Rangers were down 3-1 to against the Penguins. They came back and won that series. They were down 3-2. to And nobody could crack the code against the Carolina Hurricanes. Nobody. They came back and won that series and smoked them in Game 7. It feels different against the Lightning. There's no other way around it because of what they have accomplished, because of what they have brought to the table as two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. It feels different against the Lightning. And I'll be perfectly frank. I do not like the Rangers' chances on Saturday night. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're talking about a game seven on Sunday night when we are doing the podcast. But I ultimately think this Rangers season is coming to a close. And I'll save the postmortem for whenever this series ends. Because you know what? This team has earned an opportunity now to go and win another elimination game. Remember, the Rangers have won. This young Ranger group has won five elimination games so far this postseason. Well, if they want to get to the Stanley Cup final, they are going to have to now and go win two more. They got to win a game six, and then they're going to have to win a game seven at Madison Square Garden against a team that has won the Stanley Cup in back-to-back years. That is what they're up against. It ain't going to be easy. They let that slip through their fingertips. Game three in Tampa, and now game five here at home at Madison Square Garden. Before we get to your calls, and I see the calls coming in hot and heavy, what a win for the New York Yankees. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous win for the New York Yankees. And I get it, they own the Minnesota Twins, and the Minnesota Twins can never beat the Yankees. Garrett Cole served up batting practice, okay? He gives up back-to-back-to-back homers in the first inning. Then gives up a moonshot that still hasn't landed, hit by Brian Bob, Byron Buxton. He should have been out of the game in the second inning. I mean, let's be honest. The only reason Aaron Boone kept him in is because you didn't get much out of Nesta Cortez last night, and they needed length out of Cole. They didn't get it. 
And Cole's one of those guys. When he's on, he's lights out. But I've noticed this year, when he's been off, he has been way off for the Yankees. But they're down big in this game. And who would have put their money on Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks saving the Yankees' bacon? Gallo hitting two home runs. Hicks hitting a home run. The Yankees getting back in the game. Nickel and Diamond, the Minnesota Twins, hitting a bunch of solo home runs. But then the big boys come to play. Judge with the double. And Anthony Rizzo, who I'm telling you, is about to break out and is about to break out in a big way. Opposite field, gives the Yankees the lead. And that's why with Rizzo, in big spots and in big situations, you expect him to go and deliver. You expect him to get hits. The Yankee bullpen, magnificent tonight. Litke did a great job. King did a great job. How about Holmes freezing Correa at the end of the game? And it, it is just amazing how the Twins reinvent ways to lose against the New York Yankees. They really do. Even on a night where they absolutely bomb Garrett Cole, they still can't win a game. They still can't win a series. And the New York Yankees, as we get ready for a mid-June weekend, on a night where you're probably down in the dumps a little bit about the New York Rangers, the New York Yankees are 41-16. and 16. Think about that for a minute. And if you're a Met fan, it looks like Max Scherzer's on the Met. So I'm trying to give you something to feel good about before we hit the calls. That's something to feel good about from a baseball perspective. But brutal night for the Rangers. No other way around it. Missed opportunities galore. And you can't like their chances against the champs. All right, let's lead it off. We head to Eric, who gets us going. Eric, you're in the leadoff spot. What's going on, man? JJ, soul-crushing loss tonight, man. Um, I think what we've really seen the last three games is that there are levels to the playoffs. And when you go up against a Stanley Cup two-time defending champion, you know, they're gonna show their they're gonna show their true colors. And it's really been a different series ever since the third period of game three we talked about the other day. And this the last couple of games have come down to just it's just, it's a tale of missed opportunities. The chance to go up 3 0. The missed goal by Strom tonight. I mean, he could have, he could have just breathed on the puck and it would have gone in. And that's that's how this this playoff, that's how the playoffs are. If you leave opportunities on the table, the better team will take advantage and they're going to put you away. I don't like their changes in Game Six. I hope I'm wrong. Let's see how they do backs against the wall. But yeah, this was this was not a good night. Yeah, and you think about the way they started off the third period. It felt like Eric they had the better of the chances. It really did. They just could not put a puck in the net. Ryan Strom could not have had a better opportunity. 1-1. I mean, that's staring you right in the face. That was such a perfect setup. And that's game, set, match. I mean, sometimes you can simplify things and make it as easy as ABC and 1-2-3. If Ryan Strom ends up scoring there, we're talking about the New York Rangers up 3-2 heading down to Tampa Bay. There's not a doubt in my mind. It's a tale of just missed opportunities. But but speaking of opportunities, uh, Yankees, every they could be down 10 runs in the seventh against Minnesota, and I'd still bet on them to win. That was an unbelievable comeback. This this group, they just have a different feel about them where they're down in games and you just you feel like they're they're gonna come back into it and they're gonna find ways to score. Uh, and we were we were joking about this the other night on when we were live. I'm deathly afraid of the fact that the fact that Gallo and Hicks have come alive. And it's great because it helped us win tonight. But some way, somehow, they're going to find their way back into the good graces of Cashman and Boone. And I'm just, I'm terrified that their their hot streaks are going to put them in a spot where we're not going to make the necessary changes. Yes, they had a great night tonight. Got to give them all the credit in the world. But I still don't trust them in big spots. 
I totally understand it, Eric. That's fair. Listen, and you saw you saw it with Gallo in this game. And I don't want to rag on Joey Gallo on a night where he hit two home runs tonight, Eric. I really don't because I rag on him all the time. And you guys all know my feelings on Joey Gallo. He should not be on this team at the end of July. And the Yankees should go get themselves uh, a complimentary outfielder who could do the little things that will help the Yankees in the postseason. Um, but you saw it, Gallo. Hits the two home runs, gets the Yankees back in the game, but then comes up. Once with the bases loaded, another chance when all he's got to do is make contact to get a run in, and he can't do it. That is the losing element that Joey Gallo brings to the table. But he and Hicks won him the game tonight. Baseball could be funny sometimes. Who would have had the Yankees winning a game where Garrett Cole gives up seven runs in like three innings and Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo are the heroes? Go figure. Let's head to the great Justin in Floral Park, who's up next. Justin, the floor is yours. Oh, the pain, as Joe Beningo would say, JJ. A lot of it, Justin. I understand that. A lot of it, bro. This reminded me too much of the 2015 Game 5, man. We got shut out. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll bring their A game down to Tampa. But, oh, JJ, they got no net presence in front of Veselowski, man. He's seeing everything. And they're not testing him. I said that before Game 4. It's the same thing, man. They, they're just not getting enough guys in front of the net, making it uncomfortable. If you look at Shazurkin, he's always got guys in front of him. There is a lot more traffic in front of Igor Shazurkin. You're absolutely right about that. I think that has clearly been, Justin, over the last couple of games, a point of emphasis from a Tampa Bay perspective. Get guys in front of Igor, get some deflections, make some things happen along the way. But, dude, let's be fair. The chances for the Rangers were there in the early portion of this third period. You want to tell me in the first two periods it was basically a wash? Fine. But in that third period, the Rangers, it felt like a couple of chances to score. And the biggest opportunity squandered was the strong play. Because that's that's a wide open net. That's got to be a goal there. Period. End of discussion. It's got to be a goal. Absolutely. I don't want to bitch and moan. But, you know, the refs could have called the cold penalties in that third. Yeah, and go on. Listen, go on. Said that after the game, Justin. So, Gallant was all over that, too. Now, it's not the reason the Rangers lost this game. It's not. But, like, it is something that you would like to have on your home eyes, maybe thinking that you're going to get the better of the whistle. But, look, Justin, I, I got to be as honest as I can here. That's what we do around here. You can't like their chances in a game six. No, definitely not. But, you know, this team has done it before, and I know it's a different story. It's a back-to-back champ. But um, listen, they, they're too young, maybe, behind, wet behind the ears. Maybe they don't know any better. Well, you got to hope young and dumb. And Justin, you know what I think is imperative for them? Scoring first. Now, I know in the Pittsburgh series, they were down 2-0 in game five, and they were down 2-0 in game six. It's different against this team, bro. You know it, and I know it. It is different against this team. Absolutely. And definitely a bizarro series with the Yankees against Minnesota. All three of our pitchers did not go deep in that. Isn't it crazy, Justin? The Yankee pitching. That has been red uh, red hot. It's been lights out. It's been the best rotation in the American League. I mean, they got two pretty awful starts from Nesta Cortez, and Cole was even worse tonight. I mean, Cole had nothing. You could tell from the first batter of the game, he had absolutely nothing. So to survive and win, it, it goes to show you that this team can win games in a variety of different ways. But like you said, uh, I'm just hoping they don't think that this is now like Gallo's turn the corner because big spot up again. What do he do? Struck out, could have blown the game wide open, and he didn't. I still don't trust this guy in a big spot in October. Oh, how can you? Justin, how can you? Not in a million years. Any Yankee fan is going to tell you otherwise, Justin, is totally lost, and it's completely out of their mind. My hope is a team like the San Diego Padres that's got a love affair with Joey Gallo. Joel Sherman told you that last Sunday on the podcast. Maybe this makes them more inclined to trade for Joey Gallo. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. 
Let's head to Jake the Mechanic. What's up, Mechanic? How we doing, babe? JJ, that, that sucked, man. That really sucked. Oh, it's a brutal loss, Jake. It's a brutal loss because let's be honest, dude. And we're going to have Timmy from Massapequa, one of my buddies who's going to start the show when we post it as a pod. You guys will hear it um, whenever we post this bad boy. But I think everybody was of the assumption you were getting overtime. You know what? The way the game was going, Jake, and to see it suddenly end like that on a cheap goal, the strong miss, it just haunts at you, dude. It haunts at you when you lose a game like that. I had the receipts. I was texting my dad and my buddy from college, and I sent both of them. I was like, this game's going overtime, and it's going to give me a heart attack. And uh, yeah, just a brutal loss. The only thing I'll say is this team has earned the right for the fan base to stick behind them. You come back from 3-1 down against Pittsburgh. You come back 3-2 down against Carolina, and everyone thought it was over after game two and after game five. You got to stay with it. They get a couple of power plays. You just never know. You got the best goalie in the world. LFGR. Yeah, you know what, Jake? I like that sentiment. And I agree with that sentiment for what it's worth. This is not a team that's like an underachieving bunch that yucked up a 2-0 series lead. Now, the argument that's out there, and I understand the argument. You never know when you're going to get back. You know, look at the 2017 Yankees. That's all well and good. That's fair. And I get that. I really do. But like, do I like their chances? No. But like, do you got to kind of like will them on? Young team, overachieving team? Yeah, I think the answer to that question is yes. All right, Cobra's ready to go. Cobra, the floor is yours. I know you're sick to your stomach. I, I'm sick to my fucking stomach. And we can talk about uh, great runs and everything like that, you know, in, in two months from now. Yeah, Cobra, I'm with you on that. Save that for Saturday night. Save that for Monday if they lose a game seven. This team in the here and now, up 2-0. You were, you, you're, you're in the moment about this series. And this, let's be honest, Cobra. This series changed in game three, up 2-0, 2-0 series lead to go for the throw right there. They let Tampa back in the series. And you know what happens when you give a battle-tested team like that a chance? They're going to kill you. When you give a team like that a chance, it's over. It's over. And, I, I, and again, we can, we can talk. When you score two fucking goals in the last seven fucking periods, I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear it. And and again, Ryan Strom tonight, let's let's call him what he is. He's Ray fucking Charles all fucking season long. I mean, this guy can't sink anything. It's right in front of him. And if it wasn't for the Hummer I got at Keeper's Gentleman's Club tonight, I'd be even more pissed off. But I'll tell you something right now. This team, they need to get it the fuck together. They're going down to Tampa. And again, we can talk about wet behind the ears. They don't know any better. We've been in this spot before. That other team, they're a championship team. They see fucking blood. I hate that fuck John Cooper, but they, he knows what it, what it needs to get done. You know, that team, they know, dude, they know what to do. And Vasilevsky, he's been, he, again, he's not seeing the traffic he should be seeing. Cobra, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Percentages of the Rangers winning game six. Percentages? Yes, right here, right now. What are you putting the percentage of the Rangers winning game six? I'd say 25, 30%. 10%. Oh, wow. You're going to last. Okay. Because I, I, I see right now, this team, you, you can say, you know, we've seen, again, we saw it in Pittsburgh. Again, the Pittsburgh series, I was very happy to win the Pittsburgh series. You get over the hump. But that team's, that team's an old team. They should have never been in that spot. Carolina, let's call it what it is. Carolina dominated us all season long. But if you want to talk about talent, Let's let's be honest here. They, you know, we were we were a much talented team. We're just a year away. This Tampa team, these, dude, this is a championship pedigree team. 
I, again, they again. If we get it back to Madison Square Garden, I'd be very happy for Tuesday night since since the believer is taken over with his jerk off fans. Though there might be some nice scuts there Monday night. I might have to sample myself. So is that why? So I didn't even know that, Cobra. So basically because of a Bieber concert, that's why you would have a game seven on Tuesday instead of Monday. I didn't know that. I, I did not know that. Let's head to, wow, a long lost pal, Alex in Newark. Newark, what's up, buddy? Uh, unmuted and ready to go. Wow, look at you learning Spotify Live. Welcome, sir. How are you, my friend? For, 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 first of all, Cobra should be your uh, your Ranger insider. I mean, he he brings the knowledge, the intensity, the passion. Well, I'm shocked Cobra's not suiting up on the fourth line for the Rangers, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, that's a guy who I expect to be throwing some people in the boards. You know what I mean, Newark? Now, the one before we get uh, to the sports very quickly, I know you saw Top Gun, but you saw it in, in an unconventional way. How was it? Not oh, amazing. 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 They uh, no, Amazing. Everything about it, and, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody in Newark. I don't even know if you've seen it, quite frankly. I Here's all I'm going to say about Top Gun 2. The driving experience in Williamsburg was fabulous, and it was a better movie than the first movie. And I can't believe I'm saying that because the first movie is iconic and it kind of lives on its own. But if we're talking about quality of movie, quality of movie, Newark, Top Gun, Maverick, better movie. Better movie. Now, you you don't feel, in seeing it in the drive-in, sort of being detached a little, you know, from, you know, not in the theater right in front of your face. You missed out. You feel you got the full experience. No, I got the full experience. 1,000%. Not in the least. Very nice. And, and, and way to go to the drive-in. A little, a little throwback there. Now, um, obviously, you know, Rangers are my cup of tea. I'm not a Ranger fan. I'm a Devil fan. But a question for you, and I know hockey isn't, you know, your number one. It seems like you, you've bought in a little, right? Like, oh, they're fun. Listen, I have enjoyed the run. Number one, it's good for business. I love, I love playoffs in New York City. I think it's great for the podcast. It's great for me on television. Uh, it's great for the fans to get people all sorts of fired up. I mean, listen, we're doing a live right now. It's it's well past midnight, and the uh, the beak is alive, as we like to say, my friend. Everybody is into it, so that's always terrific. Um, and they're a fun team. They're a likable team. They're an overachieving team. I don't think a lot of people, Alex, expected the Rangers to be playing in the conference finals. But at the end of the day, when you have a 2-0 series advantage, you get greedy, and it reminds me a lot. It's a different set of circumstances. But it reminds me a lot of the 2017 Yankees, where that team was fun. They overachieved, but they were up three to two, and you wanted to win it at that point. This Ranger team's kind of in a similar situation. Now, are you currently at SNN doing? Uh I am. In, in, in case you were wondering, right now, yes, I am at the SNY studios. Uh, I am in the conference room. I feel like I should be Logan Roy in succession. But yes, I am in the conference room of SNY, in case you're wondering. Very, very, very nice. Uh, uh, as authentic as it can be from TV right to the podcast. The um, Now, the one thing is interesting is if you would have said Tampa, the city is title town, you know, for sports across the board. I mean, who would have thunk that from obviously the Buccaneers and their, and their run? To, to the hockey team, obviously the baseball team. I mean, you know, of all places. It is crazy. You know, it's interesting to think about Newark. It's a fair point. I mean, obviously, the Lightning have had it going the last couple of years. 
Um, you think about the Rays, even though they have not won a World Series, they've been a force. They're con- competitive. They're in the mix every single year. And I uh, know appreciate it when Brady, when Brady's in Tampa, I mean, uh, they win every year. And they're probably going to win again this year. Who are we kidding? Mikey Mastic is up next. What's happening, Mikey? What's going on, JJ? How you doing? Mike, I'm doing well. All's good. You're doing better than me, that's for sure. We're hanging in there, bro. I understand. The Ranger fan is down and out. I get it, bro. I get it. Hey, listen. You know what? You were mentioning insurance on the men. McGill's back this weekend. and There you go. And how about that loser, Syndergaard? What a joke. He can't pitch. He's on extra rest, and he can't pitch against the Mets on Sunday. Give me a break. And I'm going to say it one more time. The Mets are so much better off. And I said this. And I got a lot of shit for it. I got a lot of heat for it. They are so much better off without Syndergaard, without Stroman, and without Baez. That is a thousand percent accurate because you had three divas. All three of those guys had their own baggage one way or the other. Stroman, how about Stroman lecturing Brian Cashman on the Yankee pitching when he's pitching to a five and a half ERA with the Chicago Cubs? I mean, give me a break. Syndergaard can't pitch this weekend. And Baez, good luck with that guy getting $175 million, Mike, you know? Oh, just come on. I mean, it's it's amazing how much Steve Cohen put into putting into this team coming from last year, seeing what it was about. I I felt like last year was like, all right, let's see what we got. You know, you had the pandemic shortened year the year before. You know, you didn't know what you had. And then he's like, you know what? This is a, this is an abomination. It's a shithole. We got to try and do something different. You know what I mean? Well, and they have the right people in place. All right, let's get to the Rangers. But yeah, they have the right people in place. And when you have the right people in place, good things happen. All right, Mike, Rangers, let's go. All right, Rangers, let's go. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. It's like, you're right. It, it feels like, uh, the Yankees in 2017. I'm not a Yankee fan, but. I was watching the playoffs. I mean, I can understand how you guys felt. Um, it, it feels like 2016 with the Mets for me with that wild card game. Maybe that's how it feels where it's like one and done. You know, it was like, oh, you know, that team kind of the way they played down the stretch, they didn't deserve to be there. It was kind of like almost Cinderella run at that point. I don't know. That was just me. Um, I don't like that comparison from this standpoint. Mike. The Mets 2015 went to the World Series. 2015, it kind of came out of nowhere. But the difference is it was about their pitching and Cespedes. The Yankees, it was about like this young crop of dudes that were emerging where you had Judge and you had Sanchez and you had Bird and you had Severino. Much like with the Rangers, it's Kako, it's Hedo, it's the Benajad, it's Kreider. It's like the mix of the youth and the veterans. And I'm not just saying it because I am a Yankee fan. But I do see the comparison far more with the Yankees and the Rangers than I do the Mets and the Rangers. Well, I was talking 2016 when the whole team pretty much got hurt. Yeah, but that team, dude, that team you didn't expect anything out of in 16. Like, even if they won that wild card game against the Giants, let's be honest, Mike, they were getting smoked by the Cubs anyway in a best of five series. I mean, that team basically made the playoffs because of Seth Lugo and Robert Gazelman. And it's Drupal Cabrera and Joanna Cespedes basically being their only hitters. I mean, come on. Let's head to Tim, who's up next. Timmy Boy, how we doing, bud? JJ, I, what's going on? Tim, there we go. I mean, I was all I was all mesmerized by your uh, your uh, your avatar, your GIF, whatever the hell they call it. But uh, let's rock, baby. 
All right, so we, we were at the garden night. The garden was nervous. It seemed nervous. You know what, Tim? I'm glad that you brought that up because that was what I noticed when I walked in immediately. And I texted a buddy of mine who was at the game. I go, dude, it seems like it's a very tense crowd. That third period, Tim, felt super, super tense. It was it was tense as hell. And, and Cobra said it best. The biggest problem was too many guys in front on their end and we're not being physical enough. They're getting the Igor and not enough guys in front on our end. That was, that was the biggest problem for sure. And you got to put home an opportunity when it's given to you, dude. I mean, what was, explain to me, Timmy, what was the garden reaction the minute Ryan Strome missed that wide open net? I mean, the place must've been sick, right? I mean, people, people were falling out of their seats. We were, we were devastated. It was it was brutal. Uh, the one good thing of tonight, JJ, we had one of those seats with with a, a monitor in front of it, and in between periods, we're throwing on the Yankee game, and and we're. Oh, that's nice. You know what? That is nice, Tim. When you're in Madison Square Garden, well, it's the Yankees taking on the Minnesota Twins. That's what it boils down to: death taxes, and the Yankees, no matter the score or no matter the situation beating the Twins, even on a night when Garrett Cole gives up seven runs in, like, two-plus innings. Um, yeah, that's a nice little, like, uh, ease-the-pain type of moment for you, having the Yankees come back and Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks end up being the hitting heroes. Who saw that coming? Um, star-studded crowd, Timmy, but was most of the crowd of the mindset, like, in the final three minutes that, like, overtime was happening? Because I know that's the way I felt, and when that's, like, snatched from you, it's, like, tough to process, dude. I mean, that's the way these games work. It's really tough to process. Well, everyone was feeling overtime until that shift. Until until that shift and and running into Igor at the end of the game. That that's when everyone was like, "Well, shit, this is this is looking like the end of the uh, uh, game three, where they're just in the zone, they're keeping constant pressure, and obviously, we see how it ended." It's a tough one, Timmy. Listen, hang in there. I appreciate the call. Always love hearing from you folks. When you're coming from Yankee Stadium, the city field, the garden, like that's that's what we do around here. Now you know, big event, folks. If you listen to the pod as we post this, get on the live when it happens. You come back from the garden, get on the live. Coming back from city, get on the live. That's what we do. The great market Kings Park joins us next. Buddy, the floor is yours. JJ, what's up, my man? Uh, Mark, uh, how was San Diego? I, I, it looked fantastic, my friend. I saw that on your Twitter page. How was it? Uh, San Diego, man. Uh, the ballpark there is, I mean, I've been to a lot of ballparks. Hands in the way, best ballpark in major leagues. Wow, that's your favorite ballpark in, in, in the big leagues, Petco Park. Yeah, I mean, Fenway and, uh, and San Fran and Pittsburgh will be my next three. I will be at Fenway. I've been to Fenway way too many times. I've never been to Wrigley, and the next time the Yankees go to Wrigley, I'm going to go, and you could take this to the bank, Mark. The next time the Yankees are in San Diego, I'm packing the bags. I'm going to every single one of those games and hanging in Pacific Beach or the gas lamp every night. Because San Diego, I think about places I would want to live. Like, I, I, outside of New York, San Diego would probably be, like, number one on my list. It'd be number one. Like, when you do that, just let me know, and I will give you some places because I am really learning. I mean, yeah, Gas Lamp is awesome. It's like downtown, but there's, I mean, the suburbs here are... Well, it's touristy. See, that's what I like about the beach, Mark, to be honest with you. I went down to San Diego. I enjoyed the Gas Lamp. It was a good time. Don't get me wrong. The restaurants, the dinner was great. 
The bars were great. But I like the vibe of being on the beach, dude. That's me. Like, I, that, that's what I'm looking for when I go to San Diego. So PB kind of hit home. Same here. I was on the beach like that, and I've been to the beach a couple times already, and I'm uh, actually going up uh, to watch the uh, Mets Angels tomorrow night going to the game and uh, uh, staying in the Long Beach, right on the water, and hopefully I'm going to go to the beach there too. Uh, so, uh, that a boy. That's the spirit. And uh, so much for seeing your boy Syndergaard this weekend. What a joke, dude. What a joke. I mean, he originally was pitching Monday, so I was like, cool, like, I'll go to the game on Saturday and like, who the hell out of him. Um, but like, the reality is, it just a week, man. It just, but like, I expect it from him. I mean, it's not like, it's not a surprise to me. Um, but what I got to tell you, man, is so far, I'm 2 0 on this road trip. Um, Southern Mets in LA. Dodged on Saturday night, went to the first game in San Diego, hoping to make it three now. Saw the cycle, which is awesome on uh, on Monday. But I gotta tell you, man, I mean, I'm not really nervous about our starting pitching because uh, I'm looking to big picture, man. And the big picture is what I am really, really, really nervous about is our bullpen. Um, I gotta say that Seth Lugo has He's not the same guy, Mark. Listen, I love Lugo. Uh, in 2019, he was lights out. He's nowhere close to being that dude, bro. He's nowhere close. He's nowhere near that. Um, and Trevor May, I know he was hurt. But like, I mean, who's scared of Trevor May? I mean, the I mean, there's really not much in our bullpen. I mean, the only saving grace is Drew Smith kind of came out of nowhere. Shreve doesn't scare me. I mean, like, we really need two bullpen arms, man. I think they need two bullpen arms, and you can make the argument they need a power bat. And you're going to see when Alonzo is not in this lineup. Now, Mark, I love what they've done offensively. They nickel and dime you. They have a great approach at the plate. Chavez deserves credit for that. Buck really deserves credit for that. But the reality to me is that when Alonzo is not there, you feel like the Mets are a bat short. And I almost would like to see the Mets go and get another power bat. I thought it was going to be J.D. Martinez, but with the way the Red Sox have been playing as of late, dude, uh, I know they're down 5-2 to two right now as we speak against the Angels. Hey, they're a playoff team. They're not trading away guys if they're a playoff team. Uh, they are, but the one guy that you know, has been linked to the Mets, I wouldn't say he's a tremendous power bat, but definitely an offensive upgrade with Mets that I do not want to see in the Mets is, is Wilson Contreras from the uh, Cubs. Um, just because, to me, like, with this rotation, man. Well, that's the thing. You know, Mark, do you want to mess with that? Because clearly... The Met pitching works very well with this staff, with these catchers, especially Nito, especially Nito. And, you know, I've thought about it from a Yankee perspective. Trevino's been so good. The Yankees have the best pitching in the American League. I, I don't want to bring in a catcher who has no idea how any of these arms operate and doesn't have a great reputation for being a good defensive backstop. I don't want to do that midway through a year. Right. And you saw exactly what that does, because I don't think this is, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I don't think it's a coincidence that Bassett has started to struggle as soon as McCann came out on it because there was a lot of symmetry there or, or I'm going to say a lot of chemistry there. I mean, and when, as soon as he came out, you saw what happened when Bassett kind of got really kind of confused. I forgot which catcher it was. It might've been, you know, Oh, Mazika. He can't throw to Mazika, dude. He cannot throw to Mazika. And that's what you're saying with Trevino with the Yankees. Like you don't want to mess with that. And I don't want to mess with that. By getting another catcher, I and that's why I'm not really concerned about Bassett because I think that when McCann comes back, and I don't know when he's going to be back, but whenever he is back, I think maybe four to six more weeks, I think. But I think that he's going to be okay. He has to kind of get through this rough, you know, this very rough you know, patch. But I'm not concerned about him. This is the big picture. 
And all that we got to do, I mean, and I'm speaking to my ears about Scherzer. And it sounds like that by like mid-July, we're going to have both DeGrom and, and Scherzer back. And to me, like, if that's the case, then, I mean, like, what is there really to kind of go crazy over right now if you're a Mets fan? I would agree. And the bottom line, Mark, those two guys, it's not about pacing them for regular season starts. It is about pacing them for the postseason. You need peak DeGrom and peak Scherzer if you're going to win a World Series. How do you position them to do that? Let's head to the great Charlie in Elmhurst, who's up next. Charlie, what's up, buddy? Hey, JJ, what's going on? Charlie, hello, sir. Nice win by our boys. Very, very nice win by our boys. Oh, I was out and about because I was uh, taking my viewing on on Dominion, Jurassic World. Uh, You know, I just saw the first two Jurassic movies. I like them. I like them. I like Chris Pratt a lot. I'm a big Bryce Dallas Howard fan. I like her a lot. I think she's terrific. Um, so I have not seen the third one. I heard the third one is a horror show, though, meaning it stinks. Uh, it's slightly better than the second one, but it's like, I don't know, the storytelling is kind of balanced. All right, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, you were right about Top Gun. What a movie, bro. Uh, it was fabulous. So good. So good. I loved it. Loved it. Saw it early uh, yesterday before the basketball. It was great. I saw the post, so I mean, I'm glad you enjoyed. I knew you loved this. So, so like this one is just like kicking the guts and like missing opportunities for the Rangers. And I feel like, boy, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna tell you, I cannot take Tampa Bay because I'm tired of seeing Tampa Bay. I mean, that's all it is. And but give them credit, that's what champs do. And uh, I, I don't want this series to be like 2015 Rangers all over again or like, the, you know, similar to you said, 2017 Yankees. I mean, I want this team to like, you know, you know, make something happen. And I mean, they, they got to make, make pressure on the goalie. I mean, they have not done it in the since the end of game, um, third period of game three. So it has not been a good look for the Ranger offense, Charlie. I'm not going to fight you on that. It's not been a good look for the Ranger offense. The Rangers right now need to generate more scoring opportunities, and they need their stars to show up. Their stars the last couple of games have been nowhere to be found. So let's end with Tommy in Massapequa. Hi, Tom. JJ, what's going on? Tom, I'm doing well. What's up, buddy? Um, First, I want to start off. How about, the, uh, how about the Celtics? Tremendous. I mean, what a fourth quarter. Never in doubt. Unbelievable defense. The Williams boys showed up. Robert Williams had a big fourth quarter. Grant Williams gave them really good minutes. And look, they're the better team. Let's be honest. Outside of Curry, the the Warriors got a great game out of Curry, and they got a great game out of Thompson, and they still lost by double figures. The Celtics are the better team. I like them to win the series. I've said that all along. I think they're winning in five or six games. I really do. Like you, I'm a Knicks fan, but... I hate the Warriors way more. Yeah, I'm over the Warriors. And let me tell you something about the Warriors that makes me sick. How about the hypocrisy yesterday? And I cannot believe that Mr. New York, New York is going to defend Boston fans. But I'm going to defend Boston fans for a minute right now. The same Draymond Green who is flipping the bird. He is flipping the bird to Memphis Grizzly fans. Now I got to hear, and I didn't hear this from Draymond necessarily yesterday, but I heard it from Clay Thompson and I heard it from Steve Kerr. This idea of mocking the Boston fans for chanting FU. Uh, guys, have you ever been to a big sporting event in the Northeast 
I, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so offended. Yo, your, your kid hears the F word. The, the, your same kid who's hearing you say, you know, piece of shit for goodness sakes. Like, it's, it's such a joke. I mean, and that just goes to show you, though, Tom, it goes to show you that to me, the Warriors are a little miffed right now because Curry's not right. A lot of things are not going their way. And I know momentum can change in these series, but making that a big narrative after the game, not a good look for the Golden State Warriors. I'm sorry. No, not at all. And Draymond, Draymond kind of tries to say like, oh, I should have more leniency because they know that I play like this. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, to the Yankees, I mean, Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks going to make the all-star team, no? <laughs> I mean, listen, Tom, the fact that we're talking about Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks winning the Yankees a game here on Thursday night is pretty wild, bro. That's a, that's a good zigger to end this. That is pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy that on a night where Garrett Cole gives up several runs, Gallo hits two, Hicks hits one, and they're the hitting stars of the game. What's the old adage? What's the old cliche? That's baseball, Susan. Seriously, that's baseball, Susan. Um, we will be live Saturday night after the game. Win or lose. We are not posting it. I'm telling you that right now. Sunday, we will have a podcast. We will either be getting ready for game seven or we will be talking about the Rangers season coming to a close. And you know what that means. The minute the Rangers season comes to a close, those Donovan Mitchell rumors to the New York Knickerbockers will be hot and heavy. And a little spoiler alert on the Donovan Mitchell Nick rumors. Anybody not named R.J. Barrett, and I'm open for business. I am open for business. I will leave you on that note. Great work by Stefan. You guys fabulous with your calls. Spotify Live Saturday after the game. Sunday. Hopefully we're talking about a game seven. And we will have a comprehensive game four preview on the Ringer Gambling Show with Joe House and Raheem Palmer. And spoiler alert, you know who I'm on. It's no secret if you listen to this show. You know who I'm on. Follow Saturday on tap. SNY softball, where Gustavo Figueroa cannot win because he stacked the team. I mean, he brought in ringers. He's probably going to have, like, Todd Zeal, and he's probably going to be getting, like, Mets for, out of the woodwork to play on his team. So I'm a little annoyed about that. I want to beat Gustavo. Into Petrini's golf outing, into Spotify Live. And we'll be a couple of cocktails deep for that Spotify Live. But loosey-goosey. It'll be fun. That's the idea. We're not posting that, though. We will have a pot on Sunday. Don't forget about that. Now, Friday, Fandle, same game parlay, Yankees-Cubs. You know we'll be tying the Yankees in every which way against Marcus Stroman, who thinks he should be a part of the Yankee rotation and loves to remind Brian Cashman that he should be a part of the Yankee rotation. Tough to take. Like I said, the Mets are better off. No Syndergaard, no Baez, no Stroman. They're better off. Addition by subtraction. But Fandle Sportsbook, same game parlay, it will be up on Friday. Ride with us. That's all I'm going to say. Go work by Stefan. JJ out. Enjoy your weekend. Be good, everybody.